0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 358.1. I am your host today, Chris, and yeah, doing a point one, I think this is the first one I've done of the year. Honestly, behind the scenes, we talked about the point ones and what I wanted to do with them, and basically, it came down to I don't want to do as many interviews every week. I felt like we were getting... Less return, less bang for our buck on the point one episodes, getting extra interviews in. If I'm wrong, reach out, let me know that I'm wrong, and I will go back to doing a bunch of point ones throughout the year. But that's just how we felt about them. And in all honesty, as much as I love interviewing people and love doing the show, it just gave me more free time. So I was like, sure. Plus, I'm doing the the sub stack and all these other things. But I did want to keep them open for either people I really liked in the industry that I want to help help and support when I am fully booked, which is most of the time. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. And for projects that I was really a fan of and maybe getting through to that creator was a little bit more difficult and so here we are in this case we've got a a creator who i really love talking to and just love seeing what he's doing in comics he's done so much in his day job his regular field being a lawyer and supporting comics and uh, being a big fan of like combat sports and fitness and all of that, and for him to be out there in our industry, our community has been a positive in my eyes. And then just uh, to be honest, just somebody I really like. Like he's just a, a really good guy. So that always helps with me. If uh, you're someone I like and I think is a good person, uh, I, I I tend to enjoy talking to you a little bit more. I don't know. Call me crazy, but. <laughs> After two or so minutes of me talking here, I can finally tell you, today's guest interview for our Point One episode is Daniel Martinez. Uh, Daniel's Kickstarter is currently running for his new comic, Hell on Heels, which I do screw up during the interview, but uh, make it right here, which is a basically a revenge comic, a, a, a revenge story of these women who go after men who think of basically the the most extreme of the me too movement the guys who were in these rings of power and doing these in, in, in charge of these things and using that to their advantage to take advantage of women and I mean, first it comes to mind is Harvey Weinstein, like someone like that. And this is a story about these women who go out and try to basically take care of these individuals. So while the story itself, the revenge story, isn't something new, I thought the twist that uh, Daniel had on it was unique. And after looking at it and then talking to him and all that, it was clear that the book was more than what just the cover was showing because at first glance, and this is, he says it in the interview, but this is a perfect situation of don't judge a book by its cover, which I did immediately when he sent it to me. So I feel a little bad, but lesson learned, we move on. It's a lot of the covers and it's even, it's titled as a not safe for work book, but he even says that that's kind of a misnomer. Like, while there are Not Safe Work covers, the book itself is not a sexually driven comic. And I know that not all Not Safe for Work books are explicitly sexual, but that tends to be the behind the scenes of those types of books and what they are. And in this one, it's more of a action revenge story and just happens to star three amazingly gorgeous women as the leads. So uh, I've talked a lot about the book. We're going to get into a great interview with with Daniel about it. But before we do that, everybody out there, best way to support me in the show is to follow me on Twitter, at Fortress Chris. That also works for Blue Sky and Threads and all the other fun social media networks out there. Also, uh, I do the Substack at chriscomicscorner.substack.com and the show you can find at Fortress underscore on Twitter as well as fortresscomicnews.com and uh, best ways to support the show five star reviews, like, subscribe, share, comment down below if you go to our YouTube and patreon.com slash comics. but enough of that here's my interview with Daniel Martinez I hope you all enjoy All right, everybody. i got another very special guest, a returning special guest. Everybody, welcome back to the show, Daniel Martinez. Welcome,
1: Daniel. Thank you, Chris, for having me. I appreciate it, and it's great to be on the show.
0: Oh, man, I appreciate you coming back on. Uh, so, I think last time you were on, we were talking about No Contest uh, and some of the stuff that you had going on there, the
1: background of it, like you being right. a lawyer
0: and, and the fight lawyer and all these things. Yeah, now, No Contest.
1: No Contest 1 and 2 were were kind of like my original comic book passion projects where I try to kind of marry those two fields because I yeah. love fighting. I like MMA, boxing, etc. cetera, but I'm also a criminal defense attorney, so we try to wrap that into a story that is digestible for readers to kind of um, explore both worlds, if you will. Yeah, and
0: I I got both issues, and I really liked it because when we were talking – you had brought up kind of your love for daredevil and characters like that, which I also share with you. And sure. that book really did kind of have that feel. I mean, outside of the, the <laughs> Oh man. Sorry. Sorry. We're going to talk sports here for a minute. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you got your cup. You got your Eagles cup. Uh, no, I do not. Well, actually my, uh, where I keep all my pens.
1: There you go. <laughs> No, and uh, we, have, we of course, we had a good game this year, um, The I, and I don't know if we play each other next year, but it's always interesting because, you know, when northern teams face northern teams, it's kind of a cool thing, especially classic teams, right? Like, oh. I'm a sucker for classic teams. Like, uh, in basketball, like, I like the Lakers, the Knicks, the Bulls. You know, in football, I like the Eagles, the Jets, the 49ers, the Cowboys, now, you have all these expansion teams, and it's just not the same for me. How do you feel about that?
0: I, so I'm similar in a lot of ways. Like, I do kind of, I've always rooted for the underdog in a lot of s- scenarios. Mm-hmm. So that's why for years I rooted for Buffalo as the underdog. Okay. Also, living in New York, I'm surrounded by Bills fans everywhere. Right. Uh, and, and like now seeing, dude, I wanted Detroit to go to the Super Bowl so bad. Same. Like, once Philly was out of it, I was just – I was all in on Detroit. Same. Uh, and then, dude, even seeing Kansas City be
1: a, a dynasty now, like, yeah, I remember when they were a joke. It's 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 so awkward to me. Yeah. The only time I've ever liked the the Chiefs for a little bit of time was when they had Joe Montana back in the day. That was cool. <laughs> but other than that, like, I've just never really – been a Chiefs guy. And I get it. They have a powerhouse franchise. Um, And and of course, me being the hater that I am, I'll say that they get a lot of help from the refs. That's for sure. (laughs) But um, I just don't like it. It doesn't feel like cool. I didn't mind even New England having a franchise, even though they're in the same division with the Jets, because it was just cool. Like, you know, there's certain dynasties that you you respect and I just don't feel that way about the Chiefs, and you know, forgive me to any Chiefs fans out there. It just doesn't feel natural.
0: I I, I always say good teams always get help from the refs. Dude, yeah. Tom Brady got help from the refs. He did, and I'll say it's all the Bills fans out there. Josh Allen gets a lot of help from the refs too. Like good players, good teams get help. Like that's just the way it is. Yeah. So it's I, – well, I don't disagree with you because I was there for the Eagles-Kansas City Super Bowl, and I was there for that terrible call at the end of the game. You were there there, like in person? No, like I was, I was watching the game. You were like, watching. Yeah. So I know
1: how that all works. Yeah, it happens. It just, and and the, yeah. the Taylor Swift factor cannot be underestimated, you know?
0: Not at all. But what I was going to say prior is I think – when all this expansion team stuff started happening, I was all for it. Given my only problem with it is, is give some cities that like need a team. Like why do we have two teams in LA and why do we have two teams in, in new, uh, New Jersey? Right. That went out there to you. Um, why don't you spread it out? Bring it
1: somewhere else. Give another city something. I agree. Uh, they they look at the markets, you know, market size, of course, but I agree with you. I mean, why is there two teams in LA? That makes no sense. At least the Jets and the and the Giants kind of got grandfathered in because yeah. they, they've been around for so long. And even to a certain degree that you had the LA Rams and the... Who was it? The, the Rams and the Chargers?
0: Yeah. But
1: which, it was cool when they in moved San Diego, to San man. Diego. You yeah. know, when they moved them to San Diego, that was acceptable.
0: Yeah. And it got to its most egregious for me because I was really happy when Houston got a team back. As much as I'm like, I hate Dallas. I'm cool with you. I mean, Houston are good. Yeah. But uh, I was happy when they got a team back. But then this year, when they s- decided we're going to do throwback jerseys, which to all you haters, Philly, best throwback jerseys in the league. But for the Tennessee Titans to put on the Houston Oiler jerseys against yeah. the Houston Texans, yeah, I'm that was so fun. glad Houston stomped them out in that game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I agree. That was kind of uh, below the belt. It's like disrespectful, like yeah, and it and it never made sense to me how a team could move. Like you're absolutely right. Like you'll you'll have a team that just moves, like the the Browns, right? The Browns are the Ravens, yeah. Actually. But then now there's the Cleveland Browns again, which is a new French new Earth franchise. But the original Browns, if I'm correct, are the Ravens.
0: Am yeah, I right. And yeah. in the new Browns got all the history from the previous Browns back. Like it was kind yeah. of just given to them where yeah. Houston doesn't get the old Oilers history. No, like it,
1: that's, that's actually a good I mean. point. I never thought about it that way, Chris. Wow. That's
0: yeah. The only point difference point. is that they didn't use the same name again. Like it's the Houston right. Texans now instead of the Houston Oilers, but right.
1: But man, the Oilers, speaking of throwback jerseys though, I like the Houston Oilers um, throwback jerseys.
0: Those are great. I, I kind of wish one year the NFL would just say all throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going back to like their nineties jerseys. And if you don't have a nineties
1: Jersey, well you're just going to stick out and you're going to deal with it. And you know, <laughs> and um, the NFL could learn a lot from the NBA. Cause NBA teams have like five or six uniforms at a time. They can wear any of them and they're allowed to change from one season to the next. You can just add jerseys. You can get rid of jerseys my understanding just because the jets are getting new jerseys again this year my understanding is that in the nfl you can only do it once every 5 seasons yeah that's so and, and it's stupid because you don't you want to sell jerseys i mean that's that's why nba teams don't do so well with merchandise because people can buy four or five different nick jerseys four or five different magic jerseys throwbacks city edition whatever you want
0: Oh, yeah, because when they did the City Edition year, I think that was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I had to get a 76ers City Edition because it was yeah. such a cool design. Yeah. And like this year. So I, I wasn't going to buy. I have too many hats and I, I wasn't going to buy a new hat this year for any of my teams. And as you can see, I'm wearing. You are rocking. The, the brand new batting practice
1: uh, uh, Phillies hat. Philly's.
0: So,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. They all like the Phillies. You're you're just a Philly sports guy then. Yeah. I'm the same way, way, man. I'm the same way, but I'm kind of weird because I like the Jets and Yankees. And you're supposed to technically like the Yankees and Giants and the Mets and the Jets. But I've always been a cross team kind of guy like that. So you're from New York? I'm from Jersey. You're from Jersey. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you also a Devils fan then? No, I'm a Rangers fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like New York teams, and I always have. It's not like a new thing for me, but I've always liked the Rangers and the Jets and the Knicks and the Yankees. Okay, nice.
0: Yeah, New Jersey kind of got the the short end of the stick there, man. They had, I mean, they still have the Devils, and hopefully that sticks around. But right. You had the Nets for a
1: little while, and then they're just like, "No, we'll put them in New York too." Yeah, we'll put them in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's a really good point, also. But that was just marketing. That was the whole Jay Z thing, and like, hey, how can we just like make a big splash? And then they tried to build a dynasty, and that didn't work out. And now we all laugh at them.
0: Yeah, and that because I'm the Sixers sent Ben Simmons over there, like, here you can have this trash. Yeah, t- yeah, take
1: him. Yeah. You guys have like pretty much arguably the best player in the league. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad sad
0: because he's hurt right now, but also just, we cannot
1: get that man over the hump. No. Well, it's tough. And you have him for, I think, I think you told me like three more years. So you have enough time to, to draft somebody really good and, at least get one more star, but it's just so hard in this league to find chemistry between stars. What I think would do you a world of good. And I don't know enough about your team. Maybe you do have a great point guard, but I think if you had like a, like a stud point guard, if you had the Knicks point guard, like if you had Brunson and Embiid, that would be a a terrific combination.
0: Yeah. Who was, um... Oh, that was the guy. Um, Small forward not a point guard, but I think, the mistake we made was getting rid of Jimmy Butler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, of course. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league now, too, for Miami. And the thought process
0: then was Ben Simmons was the guy. Um, we learned that wasn't true real quick. But Embiid even goes back and has said a few times over the years, like him and Jimmy were like close friends. And there was a fear for a few years there that like Embiid was going to want to go down to Miami and play with him. -hmm. Which we're all everyone in Philly is just like, please God, no, please.
1: (laughs) That would be horrible for you, but yeah, um, the the Heat would be unstoppable.
0: So I I thought that was our best shot. If we would have kept him, we probably would have had a championship in
1: that time, yeah. But yeah, but you're still going to make the playoffs, yeah. I mean, we'll probably see each other in the what do you uh five, six. Where are we standing right now? It's the Celtics, (laughs) Cleveland. I don't know who's three, the Knicks are four or five, because we've been losing a couple games. Yeah, five. Knicks are five? No, uh, sixes are five. Knicks are okay. four. Okay, so then we would be playing each other more than likely in the first round. Oh, bro, I haven't been paying attention. The Cavs are good this year. Dude, the Cavs are the hottest team in basketball and have been for a while. They started off not that good, and they've just been lights out. Good for Jordan them. Mitchell, dude. Good for them.
0: Yeah. Best, so, my my sports hierarchy goes football is number one. Like, I love football. Um, Baseball is after that, then basketball. So, sometimes I go a week without watching any basketball or really paying attention. And uh, and usually it's just Sixers stuff. So, when I see other teams, I'm just like, oh, look at that. Like, oh, the Cavs are good this year. I didn't even know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we start talking football, especially middle of the season, and I'm just – it's like – talking comics man like i will start blurting out stuff and be like no this that and the other
1: but yeah i'm i'm i kind of like them all but yeah football is definitely number one baseball and basketball are probably tied for number two and
0: i'm just dipping my toe into mma
1: stuff oh toe has cool. been dipped
0: now that it's i've trained dipped. a little bit and done some jiu-jitsu
1: it's did i I'm show you my gym Did I ever show you my gym? I don't think so. So look, you're in a normal law office right now. And then,
0: can you see it? Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah. So I get, I mean, I have it right here, but I haven't been using it as of late and I have no excuse. I've just been lazy because of the baby. My wife and I had a kid. (laughs) So, I was going to say you have a
0: great excuse it's called a baby.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's why probably why I got back into comics or at least like writing because it's something that I can do while she's around and taking care of her, etc.
0: Yeah, for for you like writing does, is that something cuz for me sometimes I'll have ideas and I'll I'll, I'll write a little bit for like my sub stack and everything while I'm doing stuff like while I'm at work driving or mowing the lawn or do you have that internal process when you're
1: taking care of the kid, you're kind of thinking about it. And Yeah, exactly. I do. I think about it and I try to get something down, but it's, it's therapeutic for me to write because I write for a living except that my writing is legal writing and that's not enjoyable. That's like really um, tedious. I mean, it's cool too, to a certain degree, but it's tedious whereas when i write comics i'm enjoying myself and i can go outside the boundaries of normal quote unquote normal behavior that's Yet, why we wrote that's why we wrote the new one hell on heels
0: i was going to say that makes me think of when i did my journalism classes and was doing a little bit of that on the side for a little while and just taking press releases and making articles and it's really just you doing rewriting what the press release is. Yep. Trying to make it your own, but really you're just, you're going by a format and it's like you fall asleep doing it after a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, with legal writing, you have to do a a shit ton of research and and look at other cases and you have to figure out how to apply it to your case. So it's not that it's boring, but it's just not what I would do on a Friday night if I was home. chilling, (laughs) you know, whereas writing comics, that's what I do. And in fact, With the new one, I wrote five issues already, and I did that over Christmas break. I just had a little bit of time. We were spending time with the family, and I wrote one, and I was like, man, I don't want to forget what this feels like, and I left number one on a cliffhanger intentionally to force me to write the second one, and then I did something in the second one that forced me to write the third, and before you knew it, I mean, nothing had been drawn except one pinup, and um, I had five issues done. That's awesome. So
0: I guess that's a good uh, Segway. segue to get into it. Hell on
1: Wheels. So what no, is I'm the heels. book? Heels. 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 Like heels. Oh, I'm sorry. Heels. No, no problem. Um, it, well, basically, it's about three sisters, the Storm sisters. And they're you can think of them almost as like the Kardashians, except they go to college. They go to a university in Los Angeles. They have all the money in the world. You don't know why initially, but they have tons of money. They're extremely attractive. They stay in shape. They are successful in school um, and they're very popular girls, but they have a very, very dark side. And that dark side is they, you know, and we talked about this earlier. It's almost like a Me Too revenge story. Um, Not that they're the victims of anything, But if you take your prototypical bad guys, so I have a Harvey Weinstein type character in the book. There's like a Jeffrey Epstein type character in the book. There's a a Bernard, what was his name? Bernie Madoff type character. And so they have a real distaste for corrupt, powerful men that abuse their power. So um, being in that world, because they're so wealthy, because they're fa- they're famous, they have a reality TV show. In the comic book, they rub elbows with these guys, but they can't stand it. So it's it's really dark and and violent. Um, nothing too graphic that you wouldn't expect in other comics, but that's where we were going with it. And it was going to be a one shot, but I just found so many different layers to add into the story throughout the first issue that I decided to write more.
0: So. Uh- I guess initially, like, wh- where did the idea come from? Why did why did, why did, why did you it? decide to take that, um,
1: that story arc and go along with it? I think because I wanted something really, really different from No Contest. No Contest was like semi-autobiographical. So right off the bat, I needed to do something that was fantasy, something that was not about the law, that was not about me in any way, shape, or form. So I already wanted a female character. But then I thought, why not have a group of females that are related? And I wanted them to have dark hair because in comic books, we see a lot of blondes. We see like red hair, like Jean Grey stuff. We see a lot of colors. But I said, man, I can't think of a group of three or four female characters that all have dark hair that are like Persian sort of. And um, so right there. So I started with the characters initially, and then I thought, how can I do something that's like a real juxtaposition where th- their lives can be so different from one extreme to another. So they're like the popular bubbly girls by day and by night they're trained assassins. That's such a,
0: I love the the premise because it's while it's familiar, it's set in this world that we all live through and are right. s- are still living through in some cases, but like, we had these big me too movement cases that went through with uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of characters you mentioned. And now to see while people dig at the revenge and that a lot of them are in jail, I'm sure not all of them, but right. This would be almost like it's, I don't want to say pornographic in the way of like, but it's like revenge porn.
1: It is. What? That's a really that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. And and I agree with you. It's a unique. It's not a unique premise in that many books are about um, vigilanteism, and many books are about revenge. I wanted the characters to be the last. The last. Who is the last person you'd expect to be living this type of lifestyle? A girl that's got all the. She's she's a girl that's rich and successful. Doesn't need to do that. So they have to have a real obsession. So this book, to a certain degree, is about obsession.
0: And you title it as a not safe for work comic. And we talked like, a little bit about it off air, but I'd love to talk about it here now. Because yeah. as I told you, I'm not normally someone who enjoys not safe for work comics.
1: Sure. They're just and, not and my thing. I'll be honest. I don't either. And the only thing that's not safe for work, I would say, are the covers. I really wanted these covers to, to like just pop out at you and to grasp your attention. But the content of the book, while it has extreme violence, it has very little nudity, barely any nudity. It has zero sex, although there's premises based on sexuality, um, it's not one of those classic not safe for work. So, and here's here's the different, you know, you can get the covers in uh, naughty or nude because I wanted to cater to everybody. I want people that, although i'm not a not safe for work reader i wanted to cater to both those readers as well as average comic book readers so we have a tattoo variant there the covers are outstanding ali garza i don't know if you're familiar but he did he's done some stuff he's done teen titans and supergirl super talented especially with the way he does his female characters so um the the book the title you know when they say don't judge a book by its cover uh this is it this is that because the covers are very sexy very easy to look at very cool but the interior of the book i think the story is going to really surprise people
0: i think honestly this might be my favorite cover right here cover same. g same cuz it same. almost it almost reminds me of like charlie's angels and that right. you've got these these sexy badass women who like obviously we know are very attractive, but at the same time, I'm just
1: like, you say the wrong word to these girls. Right. <laughs> and I'm going down. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, but I, I agree. And, and I, I think some people might be afraid of reading this book because they th- they might think, oh, it's just another um, booby book, for lack of a better term, but it's not. It's so not that. And so I hope people give it a chance. Just give it a shot, and I think you'll love it.
0: Yeah and, and we're we're going through it and you said like you were trying to do a little bit of fantasy and, and different things with it but then as I was going through the the pages here realism y- you threw in some realism from yourself too because right here we have them going to a gym, uh jujitsu training uh right. and stuff like that so some of your real life pop through of course it's your book mm-hmm. that's going to right
1: yeah. And um, and when I say the fantasy, the, the book is not a fantasy book. It's very much realism, yeah. but it's extreme. It's extremism because there's things that that you wouldn't normally expect to happen in this story. But it's not a magic book. It's not goblins. It's not yeah. demons. It's just real life stuff that we deal with. You know, pop culture is a big thing. So it's it's that mixed with this sort of graphic violence. And um, you right there, you can see that this is how they kind of lure some guys in. They use their, and so that's the thing, Chris, their attractiveness is a tool. They use it as a tool in order to lure these guys away and to get people to trust them. So the, the, them being hot was an important part of the story. It's not just, Hey, let's get some hot chicks on the cover of a book so I can sell a lot of them. That's not it at all.
0: It's it's important to the story's progression that they be very like traditionally attractive,
1: right? Because I, you know, if if in order to get in order to get the attention necessary from these powerful corrupt men, they have to be the type of girls that those guys rub elbows with. You know, these rich powerful men, um, if they go to a party, they're going to talk to the hottest girl in the room. It's just that simple. But these girls know that. And they use it to their advantage. So we've got the book here with some interiors. How far along is the book? In production? Oh man, 99%. I mean, we're just getting letters done. All the pages are done, all the arts done, all the covers are done. We are just finishing lettering. So it's 99% complete. It's definitely going to deliver on Kickstarter. I've already I've already delivered no contest one and two without hitch or delay. But so it's really important for me to be able to complete a project. I'm not going to put it on Kickstarter unless I'm certain that it's going to deliver. And this should be going out in May. So it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround. I see a lot of Kickstarters where they have it and they're, they're trying to play it safe. So most of the Kickstarters that are live right now might be saying they're going to deliver their comics in July or August. It was real important to me that if you have a little bit of interest in this, that I satisfy that interest right away.
0: Yeah. That's always something I I understand where some people are coming from with this, that they, uh, they're just trying to get the book made. So this Mm -hmm. is their step to get to there, but it is frustrating when it's like, all right,
1: we got the funding. Now we're going to start making the book, everybody. (laughs) Right. It is very, it's very frustrating. And I understand that's the purpose of crowdfunding, but my whole thing is this, we live in a, like an ADD type generation. And if somebody happens to back this project, I don't want them to forget about it. Sometimes I get a Kickstarter and I'll completely have forgotten about it. And when it arrives, it's a pleasant surprise. But it's like, man, why did I want this book again? I can't remember why. And I want people to know why they purchased it.
0: Yeah, that's always uh, fun when you get something in the mail and it's like, wait, I bought this? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) All the time. So we talked a lot about the book, what it's about, all that stuff. Uh, It's always important, like you're the writer, the creator of the series, but you you also have a team that you're
1: working with. So tell me about the team you're working with here. Sure. I worked with Rafid or Guillerme Rafid, did the interior art for No Contest 1 and 2. So I'm already familiar with him, his work, how fast he delivers, the level of detail. So uh, we did it together, essentially. But we got... um, Damir Rosick to do colors, who is absolutely outstanding. I got Ali Garza to do covers. Do you know Carl Malin? Yes. Okay. Carl did a couple of covers for me on this one as well. And ultimately, Heather Gibb is doing some editing. Well, with uh lettering by Zen. I don't know if you're familiar with Zen, but he's very good as well. Everybody's just so damn talented on this book, Chris. I'm surprised yeah. that. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that they were willing to work with me because I don't have an extensive history of comic books. So everybody was super cool. Everybody was patient with the fact that I really don't know what I'm doing yet. And I'll be the first to admit it. I know how to write, but the comic creation process is something unique and different. And these people were able to show me how to how to fulfill this comic. Well, I've heard before that wisdom is, isn't
0: knowing the answer, but knowing who to ask. And I know for a fact that you went to
1: a guy who knows quite a bit about making comics, especially on Kickstarter Travis. and Travis Gibbs. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's one of my he's one of my great friends. I know you're friends with him as well. And so he was very helpful in answering my questions. But ultimately, the decisions were made by me. So that wasn't that easy for someone who hasn't done it. Um, No Contest 1 and 2, although I co-wrote them, they were pretty much served up on a silver platter by Travis. Whereas mm-hmm. on this one, I got a little bit of advice, but all the shots I needed to call. So I'm hopeful that – and that's why I'm more excited about this book than No Contest even, because this is just a reflection of me, even though it's not about me.
0: Yeah, and it's also – while No Contest yeah. is a, a really fun book – and like you said, somewhat autobiographical. This is you stepping out of the, that zone and being like, let's do something fun, interesting totally that, yeah, that I just wanted to do. <clears throat> so it's right. got to have an extra layer of like, I it, it's not just that I live this thing and now we're going to make it a comic. It's that I right. just
1: created this thing. I, I birthed this comic now. Right. That's and that a whole was, different world. And that was a lot more satisfying than, yeah. to, than to work on No Contest 1 and 2. Although I love those books as well. This was just completely I crafted the whole thing, um, obviously, with the help of the team. But this is just what I was thinking when I was thinking it. And I really hope readers enjoy it. And I think they will. Honestly, I think people will be pleasantly surprised. I really hope nobody stays away because, oh, it's not safe for work. It's going to be another booby book. First of all, you don't have to get those covers. You can get Carl does a cover that's not um, a couple of the covers are not adult themed at all. Uh, if you go down right here, this cover right here, yeah. although it has a hot chick on the front, the second one, although it has a hot. There you go. As long although it has a hot chick on the front or all three of them, um, that's not what you would that's not any more adult than like an X-Men cover. Right. So I was going to say like a James Bond comic. James Bond. Right. But I mean, in terms of, you know, the sexiness that we see on like X-Men books, I mean, mm-hmm. that's out there. We already have that. So it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote booby book just because you have hot female characters. And again, the hot female characters are essential to this story. Without them, you don't have a story. If you have a plain Jane-type uh, female, she's not going to get the attention of a rich director. She's not going to get the attention of a rich CEO or a stock trader, and, and certainly not to the extent necessary to be able to like lure them away and, and murder them, right? that you, they need yeah. those assets.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's, let's just be honest with the, the world we live in. Like go look at who Jeff Bezos is dating. I think he might even be married or yeah. 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 Look at who, you know, just name somebody and look at who they're dating or ma- married to. Right. Um, That are just rich dudes or famous dudes or whatever, like it, right or wrong, however you feel about it personally out there it's just the reality of the world. Like that's what, no, you're right. Going
1: for. That's exactly right. And we're at 95 backers already, Chris. Um, we're just short of our goal. We only dropped it two days ago. So I'm pretty pleased with the overall response. We are just shy of $800 to fund this book. So I'm hoping we get some followers. I'm hoping we get some backers. And um, I'm, I'm certain, I think I'm certain we'll reach our goal. I don't want to say that. I don't want to jinx it, but I think we'll reach our goal. But my goal is to put this in as many readers' hands as possible. I want somebody to open it up and say, "Oh man, I thought this was just about the cover. It's not about the cover."
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, right off the bat, you're looking at as you're looking at the preview pages. Like, other than the one scene you show in the beginning, uh, which I wouldn't even call it sexualize It just happens to be that they're, they're Maybe. nude in it. Yeah. Cause it's a very violent sequence, but outside yeah. of that, it's literally just these women living their lives and, and kind of going through the motions of it That's until right. we get to the part where they're at the bar right. trying to seduce these men.
1: Right. And, and exactly right. And I wanted to showcase that as much as the violence. So I want you to see them in class. I want you to see them giving speeches. I want you to see them doing community service. I want you to see them doing normal activities because that that creates such a contrast between what they ultimately do. and again, these girls are not dumb. they know that they have to live those types of lives on a day-to-day basis so they fly under the radar. No one would expect girls like this to be doing
0: what they're doing, yeah, which is so funny because like you say under the radar, but right in our right in everybody's faces yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. under the radar. <laughs>
1: Well, and, in, and, in, in, in to a certain degree, yes, because they're like, they're peacocking, but in other, in other aspects. So I don't mean they're flying under the radar, like they're secretive. I mean, they're so in your face, but doing something else. So it's kind of like, um, distracting you, you know? Yeah. Cause people are like, Oh wow. Look at their nice cars. Look at their fashion. Look at their house. Look at their looks. Look at their, their bodies. Um, the last thing they'd expect is for them to be assassins.
0: Well, I think about it all the time because people always have this idea of what a celebrity is to them. Like, you know, you're a big fan of person X and like they you'll have this image of who they are, even though you have no clue. You just know what movie they were in, what song they wrote, whatever. And then when it comes out that they whether they did something horrific behind the scenes, like, uh um, some of this Me Too stuff, or whether it's something as just stupid as they have different political beliefs from you, people just like, oh, I never would have imagined. Right. So, right. like, it, it's kind of that idea of they're right in our faces; we see them all the time, but we have no clue what's going on outside that lens. And hundred percent, it sounds like these 100%, 100% women
1: are doing. Hundred percent agreed, and I got this shirt too. I'm rocking it today. Yeah.
0: So, other than. Uh, a bunch of cover a bunch of amazing covers you got going on here what other rewards can people expect from the campaign
1: um well we we're gonna have some stretch goals up there i'm hoping to hit the the i'm hoping to hit our goal so we can start doing stretch goals i'm thinking about doing t-shirts prints uh bookmarks and other rewards but for the most part right now it's just about the comic book once we get to the five we're going to have a whole bunch of different rewards for, for people stretch goals to thank them for their participation. Uh, But like I said, it'll probably be bookmarks, uh, maybe posters, stickers, uh, t-shirts, hats. I'm a big merch guy. So I'd like to give out some merch. Uh, Merch is always fun. Yeah. But
0: okay. So yeah, it sounds like people can go out there try to um, hopefully support the book. There's a bunch of awesome covers, uh, like you said, both not safe for work, safe for work, um, and everything in between. And yeah, we're sitting as we're recording this, you already said this, but we're sitting at a little bit over 4,200 with almost hundred backers. I, I can't see
1: a world where you don't get funded. Right. Uh, I don't either. You, I mean, stranger things have happened, but I think yeah. we're safe. We, again, we just, uh, we just went live on Tuesday. Uh, It is now Friday. We've been up for three days and we're pretty we're over 80%. So I see us hitting our goal. And then I'll be giving some people some stretch rewards for sure. Uh, And I'm going to talk to Travis about that. He's got he's got better ideas than I do about stretch rewards. Yeah. And stretch rewards are tough because
0: it's funny because it used to be the thing. And I don't mind it personally, but it used to be the thing that bookmarks were the big stretch goal. Mm-hmm. and now i see everywhere where people are like
1: oh another bookmark <laughs> right okay so i'll, I'll scratch that so, off the list then <laughs>
0: yeah it, it's funny because I, I mean i still have a stack of, i mean i'm a crazy person so i have like okay. 10 books being read at one time on top of my comic
1: so i love having tons of bookmarks yeah bookmarks are good i've got a couple of travis's in my office right now as we speak so. yeah
0: and uh but I, I think I've seen a lot of stickers. People seem to like stickers.
1: Yeah, stickers yeah. are good. Stickers I'm gonna do good. stickers. Certainly, I see that happening, and um, I'd like to do T-shirts. See, I'd like to see how how well we do because if we rack up uh, some some more backers, then I can spend on T-shirts. Before we go, yeah, want to just pimp out social media? Absolutely. So, on Twitter, my name is Baby. I like it. Law. On Instagram, I'm the fight lawyer on Facebook. I'm just me, Daniel Martinez and, um, the comic, um, if you want to just go to the URL, it's www.hellonheelscomic.com.
0: And to everybody out there watching and are listening as always check out the show notes for links to the comic, to the Kickstarter campaign and go and support it. Check it out. Um, I, I think y'all will enjoy it. And, uh, Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time today to come chat with thank me, Thank you.
1: Man. My pleasure, Chris. Well, Have a good one. We'll see you again one. soon, man. Yes, sir. Thank you.